1: Dorian, yes, sir. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. To Ryan, 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 Ryan. Thank you. You like
2: that, don't you? <laughs>
1: I love it. Great story. One day we'll tell it we'll again. Share
2: it with the world. When
1: people start going like, "What is that stupid story?" Why do you keep <laughs> echoing his name? Uh, and also, we have Ziggy Rodriguez is here. Yes, yes. I, uh, you know, so you, uh, how'd your antiquing go last week? You know, the interior decorating and the, the reason why you missed last week. Oh,
0: it was fantastic. I found a uh, a Ming vase. Yeah, (laughs) that was uh, it was exactly what I was looking for.
1: Actually, it was a zing vase. It wasn't really actually a Ming. And that's true. Then you found out there wasn't a zing dynasty. So that kind of blew the whole deal. That's
0: true. (laughs) But all that aside,
1: (laughs) we have got a great show today. Today, we're going to talk about something that's well, we've had a couple of requests from folks. And uh, one of the requests was to talk more about purgatory. This is an interesting concept. And maybe for those who are either seeking to enter the church and uh, enter into full communion uh, or those that are not going to enter and they're just kind of wondering what all those crazy Catholics are doing over there. And maybe even some Catholics who are like going, I'm not really sure what that's all about. So we want to do a show about a certain aspect of purgatory. So we've done shows on purgatory. You can just sort of go to our website and you search purgatory, and you're going to find at thecatholiccafe.com, you're going to find a uh, several shows about purgatory, describing what purgatory is, the process, why purgatory exists. But we want to talk today sort of uh, – it's interesting. We have our random topic generator here, Ziggy Rodriguez. Yes. And so um, help me understand again how you um, – I didn't understand your text. You speak like in tongues, and sometimes I don't always <laughs> – I can't always inter- – no, I'm kidding. No, when you, when you said it, it's like we could do purgatory in this way. I thought this is interesting. This it would be is. a very interesting show. Let our viewers – uh, sorry. <laughs> if you're looking at your radio right now, going,
0: <laughs> you look like a radio.
1: <laughs> Our listeners know what you were thinking with this topic.
0: Well, the, I think the question is: is well, what is freedom within the Christian tradition? What is right. freedom, and do you lose your freedom when you die? Yeah. See, that's that, and that
1: made me think. Like you know, I don't think we've ever talked about that. We haven't. But it is actually kind of a neat thing, especially when it comes in the, in the, in the context of purgatory. And because um, we all know what freedom is generally. I mean, I think people, you ask, define freedom. And, you know, people start, you know, put their hand in their heart and, you know, start reciting wonderful documents that, that are in our U- United States and all the freedoms that we have. So all the, the freedoms of speech and religion and all these things that are guaranteed in our, our Constitution and the amendments and all, the, all that stuff is wonderful. Right. And we, so we understand the concept of freedom and living in freedom. And then we also understand, like, free will from a spiritual perspective, our ability to make decisions on our own, and, and those are the decisions that on, on which our eternal salvation are, are based, right, or that we are judged on. But this idea of dying in freedom intrigued me because it's something we don't often talk about. So what, what's the first thing we'd talk about, like, in dying in freedom, or freedom in dying?
0: Well, the, the thought that comes to mind for me is the, the, the fact that the saints... Are freely choosing to live in perfect, to to love one another and love God perfectly for all eternity, and that God, in His wisdom, knew knows when He accepts a person into heaven that they are going to love each and every person and Him perfectly for all eternity. So it's not like when you die, you're going to love everybody. Except for that guy who cut me off in traffic.
1: Mm, well, you know, if you saw that guy, though, if you experienced <laughs> that, Sam, you'd know how difficult that was. But you're right. So the, the the freedoms that you have in life, I mean, they go with you. Yes. Right? And now some of us might call that baggage. Tom, you'd probably call that baggage. I would. All the, st- would. <laughs> All the stuff that you've freely chosen in right. li- might be baggage. So we can freely choose good things, and we can freely choose bad things in life. And both of those things that we have freely chosen go forward with
0: us. Well, yes, yeah, so and I think that there's a lot of confusion culturally, especially in our uh, in, in our country. With uh, we think of freedom only in terms of the freedom to do things, as opposed right. to the freedom from slavery, the freedom from the slavery of sin. Mm. Right, and that Pope John Paul II, the Saint Pope John Paul the go. Great, Pope Saint. Pope St. John Paul the Great. There you go. Thank you. Uh, He said that freedom is the means, love is the end. And that that's the relationship. That God gives us freedom and that our freedom is fulfilled in love, in making the free choice to love. Which means that when people abuse their freedom and they hurt us and they're sinning, that freedom that they're using to hurt us is the very thing that could also be You know, repurposed for love, so to speak.
1: Well, you know, and it's beautiful to understand the concept of that of that freedom, right? And and I do agree, being free from sin is still a freedom. Yes, right. And we're living in that freedom now. I want to be clear that um, that after death, after we die, when our judgment, uh, the Catechism tells us that we are essentially judged immediately, Mm -hmm. and based on our relationship with Jesus Christ and how we've lived our life then we're going to have one of two destinations and that's heaven or hell that's pretty clear pretty straightforward and so someone might argue well then you don't technically have any freedom in death right once you die that you you lose your freedom right because you can't make choices anymore
0: well but the fact is it's, it's the love always is a choice you know and and that the purgatory for those who die who aren't yet ready like most of us to perfectly love Everyone, including themselves and God, for all eternity. Purgatory is the path that they must undertake. So it's not a a final destination. You know, like when Christ says, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, perfection must be our process before it can be our state.
1: Yeah, now, so let's talk a little bit about purgatory, because it's important for us to to recognize that... Okay. Sam made a theological error, and I just want to point it out before all my EWTN and relevant radio listeners write in and say Sam said that purgatory was a destination. <laughs> When, in fact, purgatory is essentially a state. It's a process. So it's a destination in the sense that it might be like a holy car wash.
0: Oh, I meant to say it's not a destination. I'm oh, good. Sorry. He I,
1: said, that, okay, well, good. We've cleared up that heresy. Yes, thank and, you. And, and Sam is welcomed <laughs> back <laughs> into the church. And, and let the
0: record reflect that. <laughs> Deacon Jeff rolled up a newspaper and hit me on the nose as he said No, that. no, no, no. <laughs> I do
1: not believe in violence. I do not believe in violence. So, as
0: he's holding a water gun. And I... <laughs>
1: And I, I just threatened you. I actually didn't implement the violence. But anyway, all that aside, so, so this idea of purgation uh, is important for us to understand. So what I agree wholeheartedly with what Sam said, I don't disagree with anything you said, but what I really want to reiterate is the idea that love is a free choice and always was a free choice. And, and I use that uh, the example when I'm talking to uh, like an RCIA class, when I'm talking about like the problem of evil. Right? You know, why is there evil? Why would evil exist? Well, there has to be something to choose other than God. Mm -hmm. Right? There always has to be something to choose other than God. And so, because God wants to love you and wants you to love him freely. In other words, to choose to love him. Now, once you have made that decision to choose to love him, once you have chosen to love him, you still are loving in freedom. It was a free choice. Right? Um, And so... Purgation, then purgatory. That process afterwards is really there to um, is really there to, to purify that choice, to to exalt that choice, um, and basically to we'll just, for lack of a better word, to burn away the chaff, to burn away the attachments, the unholy attachments that we carry with us into our our death. We we can have every sin we've ever committed right forgiven. Through the process of reconciliation, you know, however we do it, but especially in the in the church, we die in a state of grace. But still, there's all that scar tissue, mm-hmm. right? There's there's all of the uh, the malformity that our that our soul might have have sort of like taken on in life, and so because you've you've seen people maybe like a, a boxer after the fifteenth round. Or you in your jujitsu tournaments, yes, right? Which you won silver in the last one, so I'm so proud of you, Sam. Oh, well, thank you. And you're going to go to me the next time I go out on the streets. You're going to be like the bodyguard for the official bodyguard for the Catholic Cafe. So that's going to be kind of good. Uh, <laughs> but but you've seen their bodies after all the pummeling, right? There's there's even though he may have been victorious, yes, he is still covered, you know, mm. with bruises and having been beaten, and uh, and 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 so. When we make those the free choice to love, God, God forgives. When we ask for forgiveness, God, God gives us forgiveness. But if we have an unholy attachment,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Think about those guys that have these the difficulties to overcome certain sins, mm-hmm. the ones that are very habit forming, mm-hmm. right? And, and say it's like an addiction to pornography or something like that. It, it's just not a faucet you turn on and off. Mm-mm. And as much as you. Uh, are sorry that you've engaged in that particular sin and you go to confession regularly and you're working with a spiritual director to kind of alleviate that, that, that unholy attachment, right you still have that that draw, that unholy attachment, even mm-hmm. if you die in a state of grace. Now you're going to go to heaven, but the beautiful gift of purgatory is, is, a, is, is the way to essentially just burn away mm-hmm. that unholy attachment. Right To be purified as through fire, the scriptures tell us. And that's a, that's a beautiful gift. Uh, a beautiful gift to us.
0: Oh, absolutely. And also, it, it tells us that when we die and we do actually go to heaven and we're greeted by our family in heaven, that countless multitude of hearts that are welcoming us, they are freely choosing to love us yeah. individually and personally and are wrapping them, their love around us freely. Uh, which I think is just a, a enhances the beauty of heaven and uh we are able to see the love of God expressed through that countless multitude in a way that they d- directly cooperated in.
1: and and I think it's important to reiterate again that free that free love that they're giving us right that the freedom to love us because the reality is if they had to love us and they had no choice, it wouldn't be freely given
0: yeah and and you know we say God is love, but do we sometimes do we never really pause to think? God, being God, he chose love for himself. He could have chosen anything, Mm -hmm. but he, in his infinite wisdom, said love is the highest good, the highest truth Mm -hmm. of the universe. Each of us were loved into existence by virtue of that wisdom. Mm -hmm. He could have chosen to create people that he was going to control like puppets, but Mm -hmm. what's the good in that?
1: Right. You don't want to have a bunch of love, like mind-numbed love robots. Right. right? That sounds like it should be X-rated or something, but the reality <laughs> is, you know, that kind of love that's like sort of programmed love, no one wants that. And that's mm-hmm. that can't be what heaven's about. Right. Right. Now, they're in heaven, and they're not going to choose evil because they're in the beatific vision but but it's freely chosen love, and they're living in the freedom of that love um, that they've encountered in their life that they, they' made that chose they chose that before they took their last breath essentially right in, in how they lived their life uh whether you know they lived a terrible life and then had a great transformation at the end, or they had a long life uh, of love freely chosen of God um you know either way when they're when they re- receive the the reward of their life. And they are standing in the beatific vision. Uh, again, it's like living in the freedom of that love is an amazing and beautiful thing. Now, I've never done it. I'm hoping to. That's my, that's my goal. Amen. But I may spend some time in purgatory. We'll just say it that way. Uh, we're going to talk more about uh, purgatory uh, and and dying in love. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about that when we come back. Uh, we're going to take a break. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, com. And what else do you want to tell them, Sam?
0: Oh, please follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, and we're especially active right now with our, our Instagram and our Facebook. And please share our posts as well. And so to invite others into the fun here at the Catholic Cafe.
1: Absolutely wonderful. Send me an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we'll be right back.
2: I'm Bess Droszymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? Saint Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. Saint Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds. So how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the Order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite Order at the age of fifteen. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lesseux. Toward the end of her time in the convent she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer any anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trezemski, and this is another great moment in church history.
0: Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here with Sam Ziggy Rodriguez and Tom Dorian, and we're talking about purgatory and dying in freedom, and the freedom to love, even in death. Yes, yeah, how powerful! Now, I do want to go back to purgatory a little bit. That came out wrong. I do, <laughs> I do. want to talk about purgatory again and the and the concept, um, because I, a lot of people like, oh, like, where do you get purgatory in the Bible? You know, and and I don't want to go through all the verses that talk about that essentially speak of a purification and and you know and choices and whatnot and not getting out till you've paid the last penny and all those kind of things. There are lots of verses in there. There's one I want to focus on though, and that is in the book of Revelation in the 21st chapter, uh, verse 27, and it's a It's a very simple statement about heaven. And and, and what you hear there says, but nothing unclean shall enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And this is who's getting into heaven. Mm -hmm. And and the, the key phrase here for me is nothing unclean shall enter it. Now, as much as I love my kids, when they were little, they would come into the house and they'd be covered in mud or dirt or track all who knows what in, and be just, "What is that smell? What, what have you walked through?" You know. And, and the reality is, I love them and I welcome them into the house, but I want to kick them back out because they're they're covered in stuff, you know. And so, even in our our desire to love God, and maybe even our penitence for our sinfulness we have baggage yes right we have things that we have like i said before scar tissue but 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 we just have like unholy attachments we we can't get over this particular sin i've got a problem with lust, or i have got a problem with with drinking and there's that desire in me for that unholy thing right and even though i'm i'm sorry for it i hate it i detest it and I go and I ask for forgiveness, and I use the—I uh, go to the uh, the proper form, you know, confession, and I and 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 I'm I'm in a state of grace, and I can receive the Eucharist, and the Eucharist strengthens me. But it just seems like a couple days later, I fall to that same addiction or that same problem or that same desire, and that unholy desire that's sort of like written in there mm-hmm. in our DNA that it seems like we we can't shake or get rid of. I mean, essentially, we're still we're unclean in that sense, and so. You know, when someone says, like, the concept, of, like, uh, the Protestant notion of, like, imputed righteousness, this idea that we're, that we're covered over by God's righteousness, and that's nice, and it's beautiful. I love the imagery of that, and, of course, um, you know, Martin Luther talked about dung covered by snow, you know, and this idea, we, all right, Sam's rolling his eyes, like, are you allowed to say dung on EWTN? <laughs> and we did, because Martin Luther said it, and the point is, he's talking okay. about the worst possible aspect of humanity but it's covered by this beautiful, you know, when you when you look out after a new fallen snow, it's beautiful. It is. You look out the window, and it's like that's beautiful, you know. But the reality is, we know what's underneath the snow. And, and if if it's, it's about getting into heaven, I would imagine that God's got a really good X-ray machine, right? And He can see through His own imputed righteousness. He can see in His own snow covering of us and see what lies beneath. And so, the problem with that is that can't go into heaven.
0: And so, God can do better than just covering it with snow as uh, well.
1: Amen. He can, he can essentially reverse the process. Yes. You know, and make things good. Yes. Right? To, when he created the, the earth, every day he saw that the earth was good. Right? And then we fell. And then it's still at its core intended to be good. And so are we. And so, God, he rejuvenates us. But, you know, here's interesting, Sam. When we're talking about this idea of purgation, purgatory, we, we talk a lot about after death, and I talked about dying and freedom, kind of like as a title for this show. But, you know, a lot of this can be sort of taken care of, dealt with. A lot of this purgation can happen in life.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Tell us about that. What do you think about that?
0: Well, I think, so one phrase that comes to mind is the phrase, the if onlys. Uh, when yeah. we, if we find ourselves saying, if only I had this, if only I had that, I'd be happy. Right? What we're doing is we're making a God of that thing. Mm. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be a particular thing. It could also be an overall desire for control and being able to have everything in my life figured out. If only I had this. At that point, you become your own God. Right? And the problem is, is that that's not... That's not the path to the beatific vision. That's not the path to holiness. That's not the path to happiness. The path is to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. Mm. Even if everything within me is screaming out for this or that, I'm going to make an offering of those desires and entrust those desires to God and ask him to set me free from those desires or at least to transform them and bring them, make them better ordered right, uh, so that they can help me worship him more perfectly. And, it, and help me flourish in love more perfectly because he is love and he desires to incarnate love within me.
1: So when you have that desire, when you when you recognize that and you recognize the need for God in your life but you still have those unholy attachments and desires, the reality is there are things on, on this earth at this time in our lives that can effectively burn away that desire. Yes. Right? I mean, we we ask the Holy Spirit to be part of this process. And certainly, sometimes the things that we think um, are you know, we don't wish on anybody, but but the pains, the sufferings, um, the, the the people that irritate us, when, when, any of these kind of things that that are make us what we think we're unhappy about, but when we offer them as, and that suffering as as part of this process, purgation takes place.
0: Yes, and and actually, what comes to mind? There's a uh, "Divine Intimacy" is a beautiful devotional uh, written by a Carmelite, Father Gabriel, and I, love, th- I love caramel.
1: That's <laughs> one of my favorites.
0: He was a salted Carmelite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, Father Gabriel uh, talks about the gift of knowledge in one of his meditations. Mm. And he says that the gift of knowledge is having a right understanding of the true value of things as balanced against the light of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? And that's, I think, very important because at the end of the day, if we're able to see things for what they are against the light of Christ, we'll be way less likely to make an idol of them and to value them as much as or more than Christ. And so, one thing to do is to pray for the gift of knowledge and growing in the gift of knowledge because all the the devil has to do is if he just sprinkles enough glitter on one thing to distract us in our path to God, that one thing can become an idol and derail everything. Wow. Mm. So Sam doesn't like glittery things. So
1: you, you, you don't want to bedazzle anything or bejewel don't, anything, right? beware
0: <laughs> of the devil's bedazzling practices.
1: <laughs> so, Sam, what about people that, that uh, you know, we've heard about people saying like, look, I don't know if I can make it to heaven. I'm just aiming for purgatory.
0: Well, I heard a, a, a priest uh, shared that uh, assume that whatever you aim for, you're going to miss. So <laughs> so if you can aim for purgatory you'll hit you'll wind up in hell. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, that's a,
1: that's a good one cuz you, you stop and think <laughs> it's like I'd be satisfied with purgatory and I think I've said that a couple of times but the reality is we should always be aiming for heaven. Yes. We should always be aiming for perfection um, because we, we we frequently like underthrow, undershoot, underland, under whatever, underperform. We don't usually always is like, you know, I'm 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 trying to win the trophy. Right But all I got was silver in the jiu Jitsu tournament. you know you were shooting for gold and you got silver, so if you'd been shooting for silver, Lord knows what would have happened there
0: well, and you know one thing also that I think is important is if we 're thinking in terms of of the prize to be won, you know it isn't just about oh, I want to win this salvation thing for myself so that I can go to heaven and not go to hell, right instead, if our salvation is measured in love and how much christ has incarnated himself in us right then it's how much are is our life now dedicated towards others and loving god and loving others and that there's truth and beauty and goodness that flows from that where we are literally making the world a better place by allowing god to love others through us
1: amen and so that's the thing it's we're not aiming for heaven we're not we're not aiming for a place for a prize we're not aiming for a trophy we're aiming just really all we need to do is just love
0: are we going to live out heaven? Are we going to live out purgatory? Are we yeah. going to live out hell? What are we going to? What are we living right now in this present moment?
1: Sam is saying, "Just shut up and love." Yeah, just shut
0: up and love. It's that. It's it's Perfect. really
1: it really is that simple, right? If we choose to love, in then good things happen.
0: Yes, love. That's what it all comes down to is love. Shut up and love. That's what Sam said. Or confession. So
1: I'll tell you what. Or confession. <laughs> good Tom. Uh, we are going to wrap things up here, and we're going to ask the Blessed Mother to help us. Amen